good over there. Okay. Good morning and welcome to Duality. Uh, yeah, so we're going to just get right on into it. Well, good morning again because I'm awkward and I forgot exactly what I was going to get into once I said that. So happy 222 day, February 2nd, 2022. First, po- first podcast of the year, which I thought I did a podcast in January, but jokes was on me because me and Montana actually did it in December about New Year's. So this is actually the first podcast of the year. So here we are. Uh, yeah. So something that I was thinking about and that I was just talking to Kenny about is like leading up to this podcast and this day to day, I was thinking like, you know. I'm definitely going to do a podcast this Wednesday. I said I was going to space out my podcast a little bit um, because, like, a lot of life stuff was happening, and I needed to be kind of on that and doing that. And, uh, you know, I was like, all right, well, I'm definitely going to do a podcast on Wednesday, February 22nd, 222. So I'm like, all right, well, what do I want to talk about? Like, what do I want to speak? What do I want to bring into existence? Like, what is it that I am, like, you know, feeling, because if uh, you're familiar with, if you've come onto the podcast or if we've discussed it in person, um, a way that I go about this podcast is I'll, I'll sit with myself and I'll, if I'm doing it by myself, I'll sit with myself and ask, you know, what is it that is coming up for me? And then also, what is it that, you know, I feel like is a general topic that is coming up for quite a few people you know and just kind of go with that and allow that to be easeful so that it's the most present thing so whatever conversation whether it be with myself or if I have a guest I'll do the same thing same exercise just with them and we'll kind of like talk and we'll see like what we're both feeling and what's coming up for us and things of that sort so and then from there we'll find a middle ground and talk about that topic so that the conversation is organic and it feels good and it's like flow where you don't have to go into your mind and retrieve things because once we start thinking that's like when we kind of lose a lot of like the the juice of the moment right like that we're here right now and this is how i feel in this moment when we start thinking about you know memories and it's like forced or like the fact or not even memories because like you could sit here and organically a, a memory could come up but I mean more on like scripted like if you have it written down what I always what I'll do is like I'll put key points I used to do that all the time like Kenny will tell you I brought a piece of paper I would put key points on it I would not look at it once <laughs> like but just the act of actually writing it down would help it be in my head and then sometimes I would look at it you know if I felt like either I was getting far from the point or I wanted to remember and stay grounded in what it is that I'm talking about. So today's topic in which I'm talking about is going to be on triggers. And so it's the title is The Truth on Triggers and Identity Crisis. So I didn't want to write crises. So forgive me for the grammar. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so the reason why these are something that these are topics that I wanted to talk about is because Recently, I've been feeling, like, super triggered, you know, like, about so many things, so many things, and it's something that I noticed was, like, a theme, and a lot of people that I've been, like, talking to and have been, like, close to me have also been experiencing, I mean, it's hard to not be triggered in this day and age and just the space of life and things going on, but I feel like it's been even more so, so, like, you sprinkle in the fact that it's uh, Mercury retrograde, which is giving that, um, kind of imbalance balance of 
communications and uh, electronics and things ha having to be slowed down. Then you throw in the fact that there was a snowstorm, you know, another factor of things having to be slowed down and not everything kind of um, maybe being up to speed, especially if you're from the city, you know. So having to slow down could bring a lot of like frustration to people, especially city folk. Like if you walk in behind a tourist and they're walking real slow, like you'll get someone's blood pressure up real fast like that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's like the same thing happens when it's other things around us that are choosing to make us slow down. But something I think that is important to remember, you know, um, if we're getting triggered, for example, like that, there's a person in front of us that's making us slow down, whether that's in a vehicle or whether that's walking, you know, um, if we're late, not to be like a jerk, but like, that's your fault. You know what I'm saying? That's not that person's fault. If you're not late, maybe you're supposed to really like sit back and kind of like observe something, you know, maybe someone's walking slower and you happen to walk behind them at that one particular moment out of all hundreds and millions of moments and people you could have walked behind, you chose to walk behind that person for a moment because maybe you're supposed to take a deep breath and like actually slow down in such a high paced world that we live in. Maybe you're supposed to look around, maybe you're supposed to take a deep breath, look at the clouds, look up at the buildings or wherever you're at, you know, and enjoy some. Same thing goes with a car. You know, if you're like, ah, oh, beep, 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 like I need to get around you, I'm in a rush, I'm in a rush, like, if you're late, that's 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 your fault. Like you should have left earlier. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm saying that as a person who does go late to things. So it's not just you, it's me too. So I'm I'm kinda saying that to myself. I mean, as I do with everything that I talk about on here and like in life, but you know, it the point is is to explore these triggers when we're looking at them. You know, it's it's so easy to get mad at the bus that we just passed, you know, for driving past us. But to actually sit and be grateful that, you know, maybe you got on that bus, maybe that bus, like, God forbid, was gonna get into a car accident and, and the reason you missed that bus was, like, for divine reason, divine intervention. Like, if you know you did your best, you woke up, you did what you needed to do, even if you're late. If you know that you did your best with whatever the case is, like, that's that's all you can do for a situation. Then you kind of, you know, people call it different things. Like I was talking about it yesterday with a good friend of mine, and he was saying, like, some people call it, like, let go and let God, and other people call it, you know, um, you know, divine intervention or the universe. Like, or then there's the Tao, you know, in the more Chinese belief systems and, like, finding the balance of just, like, giving your all and doing everything that you can do and then just like leaving that room, you know, for just leaving the space with no expectation. For example, when it snowed, I had parked on the right side of the block, so I got towed in. And I had gotten out to the car a little bit later than anticipated. So the sun was coming down and the snow was still powdery and everything. So it was, it was cool. You know, it was still like not that heavy. But then the bottom, like over by the left side of my car was all like packed snow because of the plow. So I'm over there, and I'm, I'm, what I tell you, I'm, like, shoveling my little heart out. You know, I'm shoveling, I'm shoveling. It's, like, an hour and a half of me shoveling. I'm getting in my car. It's not, it's still, because I have, like, a regular standard car, so it's, like, not great within the snow. I could also do for some new tires. So I'm, like, trying to get out, and it's just not getting me out, you know. And then I just, like, 
after I would say like an hour, 40 minutes, I'm just like <laughs> leaning on the, on the shovel. And mind you, like throughout this time, I, uh, I had noticed that there was a woman looking at me in the window and I was like complaining about it. Like I was on the phone with my girlfriend. I'm like, yo, like, why is this woman looking at me? Like, and then even when I wasn't on the phone, I was just like, why is this woman looking at me? And then the last thing I said that I was took it, I took a deep breath before I went to like sit in my car for a second. And I'm like, if you're going to look at me through the window, like you better want to come out here and help me. Like, I don't understand, you know? And she, well, she didn't do it now. She was, she, she was living her life. And all of a sudden, some, like, some human just, like, came out of left field with a snowblower. Like, somebody's dad. I don't know. And they just come over with the with the snowblower. And he doesn't say anything to me. And it was just like, I was like, either, you know, either he doesn't speak English or he's just really just not even trying. He's just like, yo, let me just get you out. Don't even worry about it. I don't want nothing for I was like, I was like, thank you so much. And he was just like, like, he didn't really say much. And that's like when I when I got to that point, it was like not only was I ha was I complaining, I was like that's probably that was probably the wife of the man, you know that she was probably like you know she could have been. I'm not gonna say probably because I'm not gonna assume, but she might have even been the reason that he came out. You know I don't know the reason. All I know is that I gave it my all, and I was like I only sat down in my car to have a sip of water and just like regulate my breathing you know, and get a little warm. And from that happening is like, I didn't let my triggers or the things that were coming up. Although like, did I want to go back in the house? Absolutely. I actually didn't have to go anywhere. Like I didn't have plans to leave my house. I had plans to finish packing up my stuff because I was moving. And I'm like, okay, I don't have to go anywhere. But I know that when I do, if I don't do this now, I'm going to be slipping inside on our ice because it's going to freeze over after today. So I gave my all. I put my heart and soul out into that into that shoveling. And then, you know, the universe seen that. And, and I believe, you know, kind of granted me for it in a good way, like paid it forward, which I didn't even expect. I was just like, like I'm like sitting in the car, like low-key tearing up the fact that this guy is like helping me because it's like I've been having this uh, this experience recently where it's like uh, independence versus community or like or codependence in a way, but not in a negative connotation. So like finding the balance between the two because we live in a world where we're in this like hyper independent base, like we have to all be super different and not only are we different but we have to like provide for ourselves or else we really didn't accomplish anything and we have to live on our own and do our own thing and do everything on our own and like that's how we're like really tough and strong and like super sovereign and it's so interesting how you know this concept has come along and if we look at like uh the colonists coming in and that way is like it's very that way you know um conquering 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 like to conquer this on my own i gotta go conquer and find new land i gotta go conquer this 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 but if you look at what life was like prior to that if you look at you know more of the indigenous ways across the world like not only in the americas but across the world like we lived in tribes and we lived in community so these different instances like that like i'm over here you know not because i was prideful that I needed to just do it on my own. It's just like, it was nobody else's problem. Like, I, I lived on my own. Like, 
I was just like, I'm going to go shovel my car. Like, I'm not going to ask somebody to shovel my car. I'm going to just go shovel it. And that's, that's, that's where I'm at. So I was at that point. But even in that point, I was able to be humbled and appreciate the community that was around me that I didn't even know was around me. Like, I've never even seen this person prior to that. And I, it was like the day or two before, like two two days before I was about to move out of this neighborhood. So it's so interesting how, like, the universe shows up for us like that. And I was having this big, like, you know, kind of experience with my, not my identity. Like, I wrote identity crisis just because of the literal definition it fit the bill with like the topic at hand fit the bill with t uh, and uh and like that kind of tying in with triggers because i just know that you know identity crisis gets such a negative connotation is so much like triggers triggers like oh my god you triggered me you triggered me but a lot of times we're saying we're triggered and or you're triggering me and we're completely missing the point like you're triggering me we need to just erase that out of our vocabulary because I am triggered is what's happening, right? You are triggered. No, like, yes, everybody can have an effect on you. Like, we all affect each other, whether we want to believe that or not, we do. Um, but we are the ones that, like, carry that. Like, if we didn't have something to be triggered within us, someone behaving some way or something happening wouldn't affect or trigger us. Like that is a, a two-way street. You know what I'm saying? Like you need to have something in order for it to be activated by somebody else. So is that person really triggering you or are you triggered, you know? And the reason why I use that particular language is because it's accountability, right? And not blame. When we say like you're triggering me, it could kind of get... Uh, misconstrued into like this different way of viewing it like even like convoluted in our minds thinking like this person has to do with some negative emotion I'm feeling and yeah in some way shape or form like they could have a little bit to do with it but ultimately it wouldn't affect you if you didn't already have the space for it to be poked. If someone's pressing your buttons, you have a button to press. You know, it doesn't mean that it's bypassing the fact that they're doing that, especially when you're taking into account people that are aware of the fact that you have triggers. So this is not um, an excuse or a reason that, you know, for you to not feel that. It's more of just like a mental thing for yourself to note because we could have people that have no idea about our triggers and we can have people that know exactly about our triggers. And the thing is they can do it all, all day, every day, or we can never know when it's coming. But what we can do for ourselves is navigate what to do when that happens. Navigate what to do when we're feeling in uh, a vulnerable space of, you know, maybe not feeling certain about certain things in our life. And then we're on say Instagram or Facebook or social media or whatever vice you choose and or magazines or watching TV or whatever it is and you're feeling insecure and you're looking at things and you're feeling that like desire to be someone else different than yourself like that's kind of where I feel like the identity part comes into this conversation is like when you start realizing like that you're altering yourself from how you naturally are. And it's like there's there is medicine in that. You know, there's medicine to know 
when you know when you want to change something about yourself because like usually when you want to change something like your hair or your name or your nails or your outfits or whatever the case is or getting a tattoo usually that's indicative of something within yourself that you want to change like you want to change something so first we go to the physical layer we're like well how am i looking you know what let me go get let me go put some highlights in here let me cut my hair off let me do this let me get a tattoo let me change my let me go buy a shirt that is going to change my appearance because it's it's a something new not only are you getting high with the endorphins from it but it's like it's it's giving you that satisfaction um maybe a little bit longer than like super short term because you're like able to look at it and still get that same effect for a little bit at least that you're like oh let me put on my new shirt so the the thing that's interesting is like this is like in my opinion perfectly designed like this is perfectly designed to make us not go deeper right and go deeper is like, well, what do I want to change? What am I ready to let go of? What am I ready to move forward into? Once we start realizing that, like, you know, really, no matter what we wear or look like, this is is an extension of us, you know, and, and it could be used as a beautiful, creative tool. You know, you, you as, as a human being, are art, right? And if you are wanting to change, especially, like, a lot on the outside, you know, maybe there's something that's really asking and knocking on your door on the inside that could be looked at and viewed in a different way. And I know for me personally, like, I had a few different instances come up recently that um, had made me feel that way. I have grown, like, super attached to uh, the logo that I had, right? This The logo when I had, like, half periwinkle hair and half black hair or dark brown hair and um and it was longer and that's how my hair looked for a while like that was the identity in which I was working with and I didn't realize that I was putting weight on like my physical identity you know I know who I am and and who I am at my core and I'm very grateful for that because you know in in a world it's so easy to get lost um, so I'm grateful that I understand like fundamentally who I am, but being a human is an interesting freaking experience. And like in that, you might lose a few pieces of yourself like down the block when you tripped on on the sidewalk, and like a few months ago when you exited a toxic relationship. Like not only did you let go of the toxic stuff, but you might let go of a positive part of yourself because you couldn't carry it with you at that moment. You know. So there's this thing, it's called like soul retrieval. That is something that is known in shamanistic, like in shamanism or in just like indigenous ways in general, you know. Um, and it's like, a, I, I've been reading on this book. I, I've heard about it and I've heard about it from a, a bunch of different people. And it's something that can be done and facilitated by a healer or curandero, curandera, like, you know, a medicine person. Um, I haven't personally experienced that, but I was just reading this book. It's just something that I had found, you know, um, that I feel like continuously follows me, this, like, word and this terminology, but I haven't, although I haven't, like, personally gone to somebody do it, but it's something that we do, even in, like, the micro version, like, that we can and have access to do for ourselves whenever we really want to, and that's kind of 
like sitting with ourselves and retrieving sometimes even going back to physical places or even just stating out loud like i reclaim all of the parts of me that i have left behind that are still you know resonant with my being and are for the best of best parts of me to move forward you know to call that to acknowledge it if you go into like you know some people if they experience a traumatic event you know uh and they go if you go back to the place and just like calling your spirit back because sometimes like our spirit gets like detached from us especially like near-death experiences where we'll feel like you know like we left because a part of us did you know and that's why i feel like a lot of people are walking around this world super numb it's just another factor of like this this you know perfectly designed to do this situation is like if we're constantly traumatized and nobody's teaching us how to go back and retrieve these things and in fact that they're telling us that if you go back to retrieve it you're even more of a failure if you go backwards you are even more like that is something that has been like put into our head like you move out if you move back into your family's house that's it like you can you didn't make it you didn't do it you know and it's not countering it's not um factoring all of these other aspects that could be playing a part you know like for me personally for example like i'll tell y'all straight up like i just moved back into my family's house why be a few different reasons but you know have you seen have you seen the prices of uh, rent in new york city it's like it's been a month-to-month basis the fact that i even lasted this long was pretty you know impressive to me and the fact that i was like swinging it with the with the income that I had for a while, you know, and then it reached a certain point where I'm like, I'm not going to be able to save money. Like, I'm not going to be able to do anything right now. And the fact that I have that accessible, I want to, like, I don't know if I want to, but I need to, and then a part of me wants to, and then I'm like, I get to, right? Now the gratitude comes in. It's like, I get to. The fact that I have the opportunity to do that is also super precious. The fact that I have the opportunity that... At 26 years old, I get to go back to spend time with my family and integrate the lessons that I've learned over the years. And I get to, like, love them up real good before either I move out and I start, like, you know, I, I either I'm going to move out and I'm going to live alone again or I'm going to move out and I'm going to start to begin, like, the extension of, of my family, you know, with what whatever that looks like at that time. And either way, like it's it's going to it just changed the narrative of how i thought about things and i was like just thinking like i was speaking with a few different people and specifically indigenous people and um about this and like i was just saying how like i personally felt like a failure like i didn't make it like i made it out and now i can't make it by myself and i felt very like um incapable when that had came up and uh you know something that was said to me was like we we lived in communities like that. Like, it was uncommon for people to live alone. And if they did, it was usually for, like, short-term purposes. And it wasn't, like, this long-term experience. Like, we lived in community. You know, if, if you wanted to have a child, like, it, they, there's a reason it says it takes a, it takes a whole tribe, you know, to, to raise a child. And, like, it takes a whole city, a whole, I mean, not whole, whole city, but a whole community, you know. And um, we've been, like almost brainwashed to believe that doing things like that and being around our family more or being around even creating like communities or communes or whatever cases because they're self-sovereign 
why would this be glorified? You know, then we don't need to depend on people, places, and things that have a bunch of money and power in this day and age and world and country, especially, you know, um, it just wouldn't jive with the system. So why would that be glorified? You know, so I encourage any person and, and it's interesting because even like as this process is going on, I realized like I was talking to a bunch of my friends and almost each one of my friends has gone through this period where they they moved out on their own and then they went back and then they moved out on their own and they kind of stayed out and like not that I need to have that expectation but that's kind of the naturally what I'm like a lean towards like I know like this is a temporary experience and I'm going to kind of sort things out and then go to my next move and go to my next space so it, it very like wow like you know I'm number one I'm not alone number two like this is a beautiful opportunity that I have to go back and retrieve also parts of myself and also give parts of myself that I might have not been able to give to my family prior because of my triggers. Now, family and triggers are a very, very real, real thing. Like, if anyone's going to trigger you, like your family, like, you know, they say you go out, you know, you think you healed yourself, you think you did all these different things. And then you go back and you live with your family and you and you see if you're if you're not triggered or how you navigate those triggers. So like our family innately triggers us because they have raised us and know us in certain parts and like also don't know us in certain parts. So there's so many opportunities to feel misunderstood, to feel um controlled or you know all these different things that come up with our family whether we're just visiting them whether we live with them whether we never moved out with them whatever the case is like just even on the phone with them whatever the case is it's just how it goes with our family but just as much as they trigger us they're our triggers now let's look at our triggers just for a second and rather than looking at it solely as something that is coming up for us to that's causing us discomfort, we could also think of it as this is l an opportunity for me to heal something and I actually am getting the opportunity, the awareness to look at it. If you can identify that you're triggered when you're triggered, you're already, half you're already halfway there. If you're like, whoa, that triggered me. Like, I don't like that, you know, and you get the opportunity to just sit with that for a little a little bit more and you know you don't have to find the root cause to everything the moment you discover that it exists i have to i'm gonna say that one more time because i need to say it to myself you do not need to <laughs> discover the root cause of everything the moment you know it exists things take time you learn that with age you know we all think we got it all figured out We've all heard it from our parents and from a whole bunch of elders around us. Like, you know, slow down. You got to be consistent, long term, this, that, and the third. And if you're anything like myself, you know, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm going to do it different, though. Because <laughs> just as unique as we can all be, we are all so similar in so many different ways. And we have so many different things that we just do that are just like alike that we think are so different. I yeah I hear you but I'm gonna do it different but there's like a system innately in our human like uh I don't know, I don't know the word I was gonna use but just that we innately do as people right and one of them is think that we're so different 
and then it, like you, you'll find more people and also think that you're the same you know you'll look at someone you'll find a similarity and you'll talk about it you know or if you find a difference most of the time you're complaining about it you know you could also look at it as a positive way but that's usually how it comes out like fast wise and some of those sayings are just sayings for a reason like take everything with a grain of salt you hear that all the time thrown around and it's like yo no for real like what is that saying like let's unpack it for a second listen to what everyone has to say but don't absorb everything that everyone has to say so take it with a grain of salt so you know take that grain of salt is a piece of earth, so that could be grounding for you. Still remember that you have your own personality and your own core, right? So going back to being triggered, too, going back to what we view as our identity, you know. If I were to ask you right now, and I invite you, I'm going to ask you right now. Although I can't hear you, you can hear you, so... What do you view as your identity? You know, just give it space for a second. Just think about that. What is your identity? Not the definition. What is your, your personal identity? You as you. Some of us may feel like, I don't know. What do you mean? I don't know my identity. I'm just a person. I'm just me, I'm just Ash, I'm just, you know, whoever you are. But what does that mean? You know, I can't tell you what it means because I'm not you. So you got to figure it out. But that's my exercise for today. Because <laughs> a lot of times we think we know who we are. We think we know what we stand for, what we view as identity. Um, and then once we start breaking it down, we lose words. Because it's like the more... I experience with myself, the more I am present and in the moment, the less of a need I feel to have to change things about myself. And, you know, here comes the cliche ones like, accept yourself, love yourself. You are perfectly designed as you, you know, and absolutely i completely i completely agree with what you're saying that it changes every few years like you know like i feel like our external shell of our identity you know goes through these different um remissions or like of not remissions but transitions rather of these different versions like we we're like we're onions we're garlic you know we're just peeling back the layers back and forth so each layer could still be an onion or a piece of garlic but it's just and it could look similar even but it's a deeper to the core so less things need to be on the outside and when I realize it doesn't mean that you can't you know alter yourself like I'm still gonna get tattoos I'll still do things in my hair I'll still dress crazy like so what I'm saying is to not to not not do that you know what I mean to not to not do that isn't what I'm trying to go at when I talk about our identity and when I'm saying the different aspects of like what we could view or not view as our, our identity. It's more just like paying attention to the reason why we do what we do. So even like 
going circling back to something that had came up with triggers and identity is like I realized maybe like six months ago when individuals would call me Akasha and like which you know is was a, a a gifted name to me from spirit that I had in this like really this profound experience that was just like one thing leading into another with like all these synchronicities in this really intense way. Once I literally gave up the fact that I wasn't going to get a name outside of my name. So it was interesting how it came up. I realized that for the past like six months, every time someone says Akasha, like I feel like this little pull in my belly, you know, which I love the name. Like I genuinely love that name so much. I still have so much love for that name and think it's so beautiful. Um, and I was just wondering, like, what is this pull? What is this little, like, like squeeze that I'm feeling? And it was only becoming greater over time, which triggers do. You know, I didn't know it was a trigger, but it was to pulling up to be a trigger. So, like, a lot of times, so even with triggers, like, they start off just like a little thing, the little annoyance, almost like, like a buzz. And then the buzz gets closer and closer and closer. And then you swat it and you realize that that shit has been annoying you this whole week. Like, you know, or however long <laughs> it's been annoying you because now you swat. That was your natural reflex. You didn't want it near you. Right? That's how triggers are. You know, and that's how they develop in a lot of times, in a lot of ways. Once we give it awareness. It's not that we, you know, aren't getting triggered. It's that we might not be aware of the fact that we're getting triggered. We might just call it, I'm pissed. I'm in a bad mood. That bothered me. I don't like that person, you know? So when I when this behavior started happening, I started noticing it. I was like, you know, I would look at the person who would say, I would look at how I felt. Like, I feel like this because I had it separated. Like, if I was just doing some human shit, just call me Ash. Like, you know, if you know me like that, you call me Ashley, you know? If you don't know me like that, just keep it out of ash. But like, you know, it's a, but or if if it was something like more spiritual, like I'm doing a reading, I'm doing moon ceremony, whatever the case was, it was more of a cushion. And then there's some places that I had some spaces that I felt called to kind of introduce myself as that. And that's also what my Instagram handle was, my email, all this different stuff. So all of this different stuff has been built onto this identity that I've been having for, you know, this addition to my identity this add-on because I didn't resonate with the name Ashley growing up you know I there wasn't many Ashley's that necessarily like looked like me or like came from similar spaces or backgrounds that I have and it was very like um invalidating to what I thought I what I was trying to figure out myself as being and always people would be like you don't look like an Ashley like you don't look like you know this that, and there and I'm like okay you know, like, I'm just going to internalize that as a child. And then, you know, kids are kids and kids, like, say some, like, douchey shit, you know. And, uh, like, I would get joked on, like, all ash, ashtray, you know, whatever. Like, whatever corny stuff would go on, like. So I didn't like the nickname Ash. Like, only some people would call me that, too. So growing up, I'm like, oh, like, I would have, like, these random nicknames for, like, but it would never stick. I would never like them either. It would just be like, whatever, like, just like kind of whatever it was. And then it hit that point where I had that had came to me and I had finally surrendered. Like, I'm probably never going to get a spirit name or whatever the case is. And then that name came in. But that name was attached to so many people, places and things at the time that I don't resonate with anymore. So I was just like, you know, 
noticing it every so often I'll be like, all right, why is that bothering me? Oh, maybe it's because, you know, it reminds me of this person and that person and this ceremony and this location and all of the people that I was associated with at that time. And, you know, so I would just like kind of put logic to the trigger every once and again. And I didn't, but once, once again, I did not unpack the entire thing in one shot. This happened over the course of like six months. Now the like the the pimple popping moment where it, it came to a head was a week ago. I was just laying in bed at like five o'clock in the morning. And I was just like, I don't want to just be ether anymore, because akasha means ether, right? Akasha means ether in Sanskrit. So I was like, I don't want to just be ether anymore. I don't want to just be the invisible force that helps all of the other elements come together and do things i don't want to just be dark matter anymore where no one understands me or sees me like i want to be you know i want to be grounded with the earth i want to communicate like the wind and be and be directed like the wind and have the passion of the fire and the ability to burn things away that no longer serve me like the fire and cleanse me and hydrate me like the water. Like I want to encompass all facets of myself. And it was just like a deeper, you know, now I'm saying it out loud. At the moment, it felt like it was just like a subtraction of self, but also now that I'm saying it's like a deeper appreciation and understanding uh acceptance of myself right so i was just like i don't think i want to be a cold akasha anymore because once what if i'm if you're calling me akasha right which listen like mind you if you're listening to this and you know me and you say akasha like i'm not i'm not gonna be mad at you it was really like a self-proclaimed thing for myself like i'm not triggered now at this point because i've already like addressed it within me so it's like, but anytime our names invoke things, words invoke things. So if you're saying Akasha, like you're calling upon the ether within me, right? So now I could be just macking and then all of a sudden, maybe I won't feel as grounded, which works if you're asking me something like spiritual, if I'm doing a reading that works in that case, right? But if I'm just trying to like mack and then I'm called Akasha, then like it's almost, it's like ungrounding, you know, it's, it's so... That's why names are so interesting. They're so important and they're so not important at the same time. Like, I forget everybody's name, but then I remember their sign. I'm like, oh, you know, that's what they just call us in this lifetime. So things are important, whatever we put energy to. And for whatever reason, this 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 flavor of an identity deepening, you know, you want to call it crisis, you want to call it whatever, the opportunity I'm having to look deeper within my own self and my identity is giving me the space to look at my name and accept my name and also like just understand what how I, what do I want to be invoked like the name Ashley actually um is a unisex name that when it had came to America then started to be more female which I thought was interesting and then also it's the binder of the above world the lower world and the, and the keeper of the middle world so in all senses of it and so Ashley comes from the the term uh, from from the ash tree, right? Uh, and the ash tree is a really beautiful tree, and it's like a super it's a tree, so it's grounding, right? So it's a balancer, and if it's anything 
in my life that makes sense is like balance like I'm always like find your balance find your balance duality like all these things yin and yang all the things that I've done to show and associate balance it's like once we start once we realize even when it comes to like especially when it comes to like well really anything like it's not just spirituality but I'll I'll use that for the example right now you know we do all these rituals and these rituals aren't what is powerful it's us doing it that's powerful it's the awareness so like you'll do certain things and you realize like you don't need to do it as much because you are living it right you're now living the ceremony you don't need to do seven ceremonies or go to them you're living the ceremony by you're carrying the things out like you can go to seven different ceremonies you can go to ayahuasca you can have all these incredibly huge realizations but all of not but more ends like all of the things that you're looking for because if you just have these big realizations and you don't have that integration period you are not going to be able to fulfill and bring out all of the things applying what you learn that's why you find a bunch of super intelligent talented people not as successful as their potential like as their potential is capable of because you know they're not following through with what they know Right there's that action portion, which can get difficult if we allow ourselves to be in our mind. Now, the more we get into the moment and the present and the surrender, the surrender, which is innately the trust within a higher power, God, universe, whatever you want to call it, you know, Father, Sky, Great Spirit, like the energy outside of us is trusting that we do our best and then trusting that, you know, God, Creator has our back and is going to also take care of that 20% or however percent that we couldn't do, but knowing that we did our best to do it. So as long as we apply that in everything that we do, I think well, we don't, you know, that's the best thing you can do. Like, and we forget that sometimes. So what I was noticing with, with this whole like thing, with this whole, my attachment to this picture. So anytime I feel really attached to something, I have to, like, I, I tend to, like, pause and then eventually remove. But, like, I'll take a step back because I'm like, I really like, like this picture. I'm so obsessed with it. But my hair don't look like that anymore, so it's not authentic. And then that's how I felt about Akasha. I'm like, I love Akasha. Like, I love that part of myself. I love that name. I love that look. I love everything about her and me and that. But that's not all I am, you know, and I would be limiting myself to just go solely by that, you know. So that's been like a big realization recently. I think it's really funny because most of the people that know me long term um, or like just know me before I was going as that, or even in, in the beginning of going as that, are like, oh, okay, good, good. Seems like you're accepting yourself more. Like they're saying that without saying that. They're just like, hmm. Like every person I said that and that's had that reaction, it's like the same thing. And I'm like just giggling to myself because I've also felt their resistance to that because, not because it's not a great name, not because of the way it came to me. It's beautiful. All these things are beautiful. But because... It, I I was almost leaning on that as more of an identity than an extension or 
apart. And I feel like that happens all the time, too. Like, that happens when we worship things, you know, when we look at things, like, and pour our all into it. Like, there's so many different practitioners that, you know, might fixate on one particular deity. And that becomes their personality, but that's just meant to amplify one part of your personality because all of these deities that are around us or that you learn from in all different religions aren't meant to just be like, like okay, that's that person. Now you want to emulate them. And the same thing goes for celebrities. Like anything outside of yourself is to show you what part of yourself you want to like maybe repair, fixate if you admire it. Maybe you see someone like... um like an Aphrodite, right? You know, an Aphrodite energy. And you're not really super comfortable with being in your divine mass and your divine feminine. Maybe you should explore that more. That might look like two years of you worshiping Aphrodite until realizing that you're really trying to worship that part of yourself and invoke that part of yourself. So I think that that's what's so important too when, when moving in this. And then that goes for like the same thing with celebrities. Like I can't personally resonate to that because I I don't necessarily have a particular celebrity that I feel that way towards, but I'm sure that would happen the same way. I've had that experience with deities. I'm sure that would happen the same way with celebrities. If I, if that was something I was more interested in, you know? So it's, it's just about not getting lost, not losing our identity in losing our identity or feeling unsure in it, but rather finding root grounding and anchoring in losing what we think are parts of our identity might just be parts of our ego that have constructed these beautiful ways to dress up, you know? I learned that, with, like, I've been learning that with my hair. Like, I've been having such a journey with my hair. I realized, like, I have not known how to style my hair my whole life and that every place that I've went to, I've went to like the wrong kind of uh, hair salons for my hair type. And like how I'm, in, I, every five years I fry my hair off. And I was like sitting with that and I'm like, if I didn't fry my hair off every five years, I would not cut it like in the past. Like I would not cut it because I, I don't like to cut my hair. I like my hair being super long. But energetically, what's been going on in the past five years and then the five years before that, I damn sure needed to cut my hair because, I, you know, our hair stores energy. So I needed to get that off me. But I know I wouldn't have done it if I didn't go through some kind of chemical process that I fried my hair and then I cut it because I only cut it when it's the last resort. And that has been, like, something I've been noting. Like, wow, you know... Now I think I got it. I think I got the lesson this time. Like, you know, I mean, don't quote me on it, but maybe quote me on it. Hold me accountable. Now I'm going on this hair journey where I'm allowing my hair to, you know, go back into a natural state. I found somebody who knows how to work with my hair, and I'm going to be doing more of these uh, different treatments and and bring it back to kind of, you know, revive the parts of it that are have been broken and bond it with it, you know, and use Olaplex and things of that sort. But regardless, it's just, it's another journey. And I'm like, who am I without my periwinkle and contrasting two-sided hair, although my hair is still, like, two-sided? Like, who am I without this specific aesthetic that I've grown such an attachment to that people have looked on my business cards? Boom, I don't match my business card anymore. But I do because it's me and it's still my bangs and it's still my eyebrows and it's still my sparkle on my face. But... It's not the exact aesthetic aesthetic that I had, you know. If I did put a cash on it, I would have had to take that off, you know. I I didn't, but it's 
you, it takes courage to be able to be like, you know what? That's not me no more. Because now I'm like, what? What am I going to do? Like, what What are you going to say to me? What, you don't know who you are? Are you this and third? Like, I know who I am. I'm just learning who I am more and more each day. But I also know that I don't know shit. So it's like, what am I afraid of? To be embarrassed that I changed? That I wanted to do something different? Or even revert? Because in fact, I'm going back, you know? My my Instagram handle, this way, that way. <laughs> my Instagram handle is my name backwards, right? They sure as shit did not have Ashley's reality um, available <laughs> because pretty common name. Nor did they have Ash's reality. So I'm going back, but I'm also going forward. That's where I'm at. Shit's pretty freaking weird, but it's good. I feel, like, grounded about it. I feel like I'm pretty graceful about it, you know? I moved. I sacrificed privacy for, like, the uh, ability to, you know, actually live instead of just survive. And I get to do that. You know, I get to reclaim my different versions of myself. I get to reclaim my name. And this time, say it with more, pr like, pride in, like, in a, in a very grounded way. You know, it's the name that my mother gave me. You know, my mother and my father chose that name. So, yeah, I get to claim that in a, in a, in a way of being, like, proud of myself and, like, everything that I've been, everything that I am, and everything I will be. And, yeah, you know, that's that's kind of where I'm at. And I invite anybody who has been feeling, whether they ever experienced any of these things or whether they are going to or whether they are right now, you know, if you're triggered by anything rather than looking at trigger as your enemy, Looking at triggers as our teachers and finding, like, the grounding in who we are as a way to, like, you know, get ourselves out. I noticed that for me, like, anytime I feel triggered or, you know, out of my body, especially when it's, like, a really intense trigger where I'm, like, super angry or anxious, if I just start focusing on myself, I can get myself out of it. If I feel possessive, if I feel jealous, if I feel anything, I'm a human. I have these emotions, you know. For me, my solution has that I've found works the best thus far is like if I have the time to be worried or concerned about someone else or something else or something outside of myself that's affecting me, I'm not paying enough attention to myself. So I encourage you, especially in those moments where you're, like, really feeling that high emotion and stress, like, pay attention to yourself. Like, fuck anything and everything else. Like, that is not what's important. If you're having a panic attack and you're still continuing to let your mind go, you're only going to stay in that hysteric place. Give yourself attention. That's what these triggers are desperately like asking of us like they're like hey i'm hurt i was hurt here 
love me in this space. No matter how embarrassing it is, no matter how weird it is, no matter what it looks like to anybody else, it doesn't matter. What matters the most is how you view yourself, you know, and how you show up for yourself, how you take care of yourself in these uncomfortable moments. Because no one's going to do it for you. No one has the capacity to. And if they do, then that will just be a little bridge for a mild codependent little little uh, void filling for a little bit until that blows up in your face and you realize that you're both kind of just distracting yourselves with each other. All these things play out to all relationships, interpersonal, romantic, everything. You know, we have the opportunity that when we notice we're being triggered by someone, sometimes they're supposed to be triggered. Or else how are you going to change? If someone's your comfort all day long, is it like, is that there's no growth there? Like you can't be comfortable all the time. You know what I'm saying? Even if you really trust that person and you really like, no matter like whether that's your best friend, your partner, someone in your family, you could really trust that person. But if you're not at least comfortable every once and again, like nothing is growing in, in that place, you know, Nature has to undergo uncomfort to get to the next place. It's a part of transition. It's metamorphosis, you know? So maybe next time you get triggered looking at it as like, this is my opportunity to transform. What am I transforming? What's coming up? You know? Yeah. So... That's what uh, I got for today. Thank you for tuning in. I have this one deck of cards that I'm going to pull one. Funny enough, I actually lost it. And if I didn't move this table, I wouldn't have found it. It was like one of the last things I got retrieved from my apartment before I moved out yesterday. So I haven't used it in a really long time. It's the Gods and Titans deck. So bringing in that like archetype, not only archetype, but um, masculine archetype, which is really cool because I feel like that's not something that is uh, as common, especially in Oracle decks. Uh, so we got some male characters here. So whether you're female, male, anything in between, or not claiming of any, you know, we all have masculine and feminine energy. Uh, so this applies to everybody who is open to listen, who is open to having their cards pulled. If you aren't, then it's not for you. Okay. I'm just clearing the cards. They were stagnant. They were, like, under my table for a while. So I'm definitely going to, like, <laughs> clear these up real quick. I pray in a good way, great spirit, into all the energies of this card to help us, anyone who is open to receiving a reading here and now. What is the message that we are supposed to receive let this transcend time and space that this message get, comes up to whoever is supposed to hear it. I'm laughing because 
three cards just came out on their own. And sometimes I feel like, you know, I put my boundary up with cards sometimes. And I'm like, hey, I didn't pull you. Let me put them back. But this, it just felt right. just felt right. So the three cards that came out is Biami, Beauty, Balance, which is Vishnu, and Abundance, which is Green Man. So I'm going to show you guys. That's beauty. Oh, oh, there we go. <laughs> we got Vishnu, which is balance. Oh, that's a nice, nice focus that camera just did. Nice, nice. And then we got the green man with abundance. These are beautiful cards. So the message that's coming up is, <laughs> it's like just so awesome how cards do this and just anything shows up like that where it's so literal. Allowing ourselves just as we are unaltered and accepting that part of us is the beauty and the balance, but also like knowing that we want to change things and allowing ourselves to change things, but with the knowing of why. So if it's like, if you want to change your hair color, like know why you want to change your hair color, maybe you got triggered. So while you're changing your hair color, it can be symbolic of the change that you're undergoing. So it's not just, oh, I want to change my hair color because I'm bored. I want to change my hair color because I want to change the way that I'm thinking because maybe the way that I'm thinking is no longer suiting me anymore. So now every time you look at your hair, you're reminded about that change and it's like rather than this change being this like uncomfortable thing which it still is it can be finding beauty in the uncomfort and every time you look at that change that you did or that tattoo that you got or that hair color that you changed it to like you are embracing it right so that's what finds that's what helps us find balance which innately helps us if we ha if we're balanced then we're able to walk on two feet and when we're able to walk on two feet then we're grounded like you can't be balanced and not be, you can't be grounded and not be balanced. And balance is not a destination. It's not a place. Well, how, how do I word it? It's, balance is not a like location or a place. It's, it's the journey. Like it's the, it's the path, you know, it's like, it's, always going to look and feel different and might be going up and down, but it's like in motion. Like balance isn't a, a one place. It's, it's a motion. Balance is motion, which is like contrary to what it can appear like at times. But, and ultimately the abundance, everything we want, everything we want, like everything we want is going to come from the surrender of what we are and the embrace of what we are unaltered and altered and everything in between and the journey of what that looks like just bringing the awareness in between all of those lessons and moments so yeah that's what i got for you guys today thank you so much for tuning in and i will see you next time happy 222